Welcome to the Coupa HR podcast series, Mental Health in the Time of COVID-19. In this series, we'll be exploring some of the challenges institutions have faced during the pandemic. Join us as we sit down with higher ed HR leaders to find out how they're supporting mental wellness for both themselves and their teams. Hello, I'm Lakin Whaley with Coupa HR, and I'm here today with Barbara Abercrombie, Vice President and Chief Human Resources Officer at the University of Tulsa. Barbara, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you, Lakin. It's great to meet you, and I'm really excited about the podcast today. So I thought we'd start off um, a little bit by talking about COVID-19. It's It's been a, almost a year now, I think, since things started happening in the U.S., um, so it's definitely had a huge impact on all of us. What do you think are some of the challenges um, that you've had to face personally or professionally, and how have you responded? Oh, my goodness. That's such a great question, Lake. And I will tell you, it's been such an, an interesting journey through this COVID world. As, as I think back to when I was in you know, the DFW area, it was Christmas time and, and we had kind of started hearing some rumblings about this interesting virus that was going around and, and, but you know, it seemed very far away. And then all of a sudden before we realize it, it's, it's, it's right here and having to deal with all that. And it's been a really interesting time um, for me professionally, as, as a lot of people know, I transitioned to a brand new job during the pandemic and uh, moved, sold a house, um, all kinds of things happened. So, but I think that, that, that some of the things that, that we did at University of North Texas System set us up for success during this pandemic. And the University of Tulsa has done some of those same things. So I wanna talk a little bit just about the, the things, kind of best practices that I've seen and the things that I think is, um, just has worked really, really well. And that was, when I was at UNT, interestingly enough, we went through and had upgraded everyone to laptops and switched over to um, VoIP phones. And so when we made the decision, as so many institutions had to do of, okay, every, we're sending everybody home, then we were able to send people home with a laptop with access to their phone. So there was really very little transition. But I, um, I, 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 you know, I think of myself as this very um, up-to-date, um, cutting-edge HR professional, but I realized pretty quickly that I don't like people working from home. It just, I like everyone in the office. I like being able to walk around and see what people are doing and chat with people and see how they are. And so this whole having to, all of my team go to remote work was a big challenge just for me personally. And, and having to change that mindset of people can do great work regardless of where they are. And so I think that that has been one of the biggest eye-opening things for me to experience as a leader in the HR world is just how much work can get done and you don't have to be sitting in your office. And so as we made that decision in um, first of March to send everyone home, um, we, uh, my wife and I came to Tulsa because uh, our families are here. I have a, an 82-year-old mother-in-law that still lives alone and is just wonderful. 
but we were very concerned about her because she still shops for herself and gets out and does all of those things. And we were very worried about the numbers as they started to climb very rapidly in Oklahoma and in Texas. And so we made the decision that we would um, shelter in place in Tulsa where all of our family is located. And so um, had been doing that since March and it is just amazing the things that we were able to accomplish. And so being here since March, this is a long-winded answer to your question. I promise I'm all wrap it up. No, you're fine. <laughs> But we, we really realized that we wanted, that I wanted to make some changes to, to really the kind of work that I was doing, that I was ready to be back on a campus, that I wanted to be home, that I wanted to be um, back where I could see my family more frequently. My sisters are here. My dad is here. Uh, my son and his wonderful fiance is here. And uh, my mother passed away last year and it's an eye-opening experience when that happens. You begin to realize that um, there's a whole lot of really wonderful things that happen when you're close to family. And so we um, made the decision that I would um, continue working at UNTF, but I would get an apartment in Dallas and we would have our house that's here in Tulsa and, and we would, Tulsa would be home base. Uh, and and UNT uh, system was wonderful about saying, hey, wherever you want to work is fine with us. And so, but then one day, shockingly enough, I got a, a text message from a dear friend of mine who's an HR consultant here in Tulsa. And she goes, guess what? Your job just opened at the University of Tulsa. And so um, it was, I, I took that as a sign that, that our, our decisions about where we wanted to be was um, right on track. So I applied for the job and received it and, and had and found that TU has done some amazing things to get as, as they have thought through how to handle the pandemic as all higher ed institutions have had to do. They've gone remote. They um, have limited the number of people on their campus to under 30% of our total population. So really thinking about ensuring that for those people that are on campus, it is absolutely necessary that they be on campus for student support. And for those people that need to be on campus because there is either, um, there, there's the ability to do their work is, is connected to being on campus. Um, for us here in the HR office, we don't do a lot um, of our work within the system. So within our, our um, HRIS system. We, have, we still do a lot on paper. So we're working through that. And so we are here on campus, the HR office is, but we are also um, really thinking through what that means for our HR employees and, and how we are, we're going to really take care of each other and how we're going to manage that process. And I think that's probably, um, as, as you talk about what do we do to take care of each other and how do we take care of our teams and that's one of the big questions that I've been talking to my team about here is how are we going to ensure that we're all safe? Because we're, we are actually in an old dorm here in, at TU, which is kind of fun. Everyone has their own office and their own restroom, which is perfect <laughs> for social distancing. <laughs> but we share a break room and we share hallways and, um, and, and we are social creatures in HR. And so um, in my 
this is the start of my third week on the job and what I'm finding is how much I missed having people around and so I have a terrible tendency to uh, be standing in people's offices chatting away and um, we are masked which is super smart and everybody needs to do it uh, but at the same time we do find ourselves getting a little lax with that so we're thinking through all of those things and how do we regroup how, how do we how do we stop ourselves from doing what is so completely natural as hr professionals which is standing around talking about what's going on and how we fix it and what we're doing next yeah it's it's difficult to adjust when when that human aspect of human resources is uh kind of put behind the screen i think sometimes um and you know extroverted people especially are, are going through a difficult time right now i'm personally an introvert so i am having an easier time than most but i, I have definitely heard that a lot of people miss that that connection and and being mm -hmm. able to just pop into somebody's office um so it, it's that's definitely a fun challenge to, mm -hmm. to go up against. Um, and I'm glad that you were able to, to get back home to see your family um, and to get in an office where you're at least partially able to, to yes. be social like you, you wanted to be. So that's good. Um, as far as transitioning to a new team, did you find that kind of that inability to be as social as we might normally be in a normal COVID free world, which we hopefully get back to eventually. Um, did you find that that was more challenging or, or did you have to come up with some new strategies to kind of integrate? That's a good, good thought. I will tell you that, you know, of course, everything right now is, is all of our meetings are through Teams or, or Zoom. And so, you know, it's, it, everyone says, you know, what's your first 30 days going to look like on the job? And I'm like, oh, it'll be a lot of meetings. And, and that's exactly what it's been. It's been a lot of meetings, but it's been a lot of meetings virtually. And so learning how to connect with people um, and find ways that to connect with them in this virtual world is, is, has been a little bit challenging. But I think that it's, I'm so amazed at what we have been able to do with technology. I was able to meet my team before I started and we did it all virtually. Um, I've met our board of trustees and we did that virtually. Um, we have, I've, you know, I'm going through and meeting with all of our administrative team and the deans and, and so many people on our campus and they've all been so fantastic and we've done it all virtually. And so it is, I think the big important things I tell people all the time is turn your camera on. People want to see your face. They want to see your facial expressions. They want to look in your eyes. They want to see how you're doing. And I think that if there was one tip I could give the HR world in general, and especially to people who supervise, is don't underestimate the value of that 10-minute check-in virtually with your team because it makes all the difference in the world when you can see their faces, when you can see that the stress is weighing on them, that it is, that it's been rough. And you can, one of the great things too, I think has been so much fun is getting to see people's kids and their pets and their homes. And you get a glimpse into their world that we would never have gotten before. And 
I think it is, it allowed, it certainly has allowed me to feel more connected with my team, both at UNTF and as well as here at TU. There is a sense of, of um, just a sense of, of playfulness almost with, let me see your pet, let me meet your kids. You know, we, it was very funny, I was on a meeting last week and we were working on, we're, we're doing an upgrade to our Elysium product and, um, someone's spouse had brought them coffee and he was trying very hard to sneak in and put it behind so no one could see him on camera but of course we all saw him and we were all joking about it and it's those kind of funny moments that you think if you didn't have the opportunity to have your camera on then you miss that moment to connect you miss that moment of seeing that peek into the world that's behind the curtain and it makes I think that it humanizes our employees for us in a way that that seeing them in the office doesn't. It is interesting how how just these little glimpses, um, even if you're in the same office space or something, every you know, every few days or every week, you see somebody's office or pet or something, and it's suddenly they're more human. They're they're a real person. Mm -hmm. They're just not the persona that they bring to work. So that is exactly. something that's definitely um, interesting and I've, I've noticed as well in, in our meetings at, at the national office. Um, so yeah. you did mention though that in those meetings you can you can tell that some people are, are getting stressed um, and of course there's just so much going on in 2020 um, and higher education is heavily affected by a lot of um, both the social issues and, and COVID. Um, so what do you think, what do you do to kind of take that distance when you feel stressed and when you need to kind of reset, recharge and kind of rest so that you can get back at it. I love the outdoors. I am, um, and so I, I always know when I've spent too much time sitting in front of the computer when I start getting really crabby and I know that it's time to get my walking and the hiking shoes on and get out the door. And even if that is just taking the dog for a walk around the block, if that is, um, there's some, there's, I, I'll do a plug for Tulsa for anyone who's interested in visiting. There's a wonderful park here that just uh, opened about a year or so ago called The Gathering Place, and it's been listed as one of the top um, public parks in the nation. Internationally, it's been recognized, and it's this just beautiful place to, to spend some time. And we also have a, um, urban wildlife area called Turkey Mountain and there's some great hiking trails on there and so that is where I try and spend my time is I try and find either walk around our neighborhood which is beautiful and it's a fun way to socially distant visit our neighbors or to find someplace locally to get out and take a walk around get outside go for a run go for a walk take the dog for a walk it's a great way also mask up and meet a friend go for a walk, get outside, chat about what's going on in the world, chat about, you know, your favorite TV show, talk about something besides work. I think that that has been kind of my saving grace is I have a wonderful HR connection here in town and um, she and I have been meeting once a week and we solve the world's problems in an hour-long walk around the neighborhood and it has just been such a wonderful mental health break. And so I think that, that that is one of the things I tell my team all the time is that I think that what I'm finding is that more and more, it's not that people are working less, 
it's that they work more when they're working remotely because it's so handy to, well, you know, this, this email needs to be answered or let me work on this project. I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take a break and have dinner and then I'm going to run, go back in and finish that up because it's right there. And so really protecting our time and, and ensuring as supervisors that we're protecting the time of our employees is incredibly important. And so for me, it's about getting outside. And I think for my team, what I try and tell them is uh, don't sit in front of the computer all day long. Don't sit there in meetings 24 seven. Shut down, take a break, go have some real food. Don't eat at your desk. Um, just those little things like that, that you're trying, that we try to accomplish. And I will say, I said I, I, we, we were um, at the, the CHRO summit this week and um, somebody was talking, we were talking about the pandemic in one of our little breakout sessions. And I said, I feel a little bit guilty because the pandemic has been wonderful to me. It has been this amazing opportunity for me to come home. It has been a chance to reconnect with my family in a way that I had not been able to in the last eight years. It's like my sisters were saying, the only time I've come home in the last eight years has been for a crisis. It's been because my mother died. It's been because we had to put her in an Alzheimer's facility. It's been because there's someone in the hospital or there's something going on. And so having this time where it's being home is not a crisis has, uh, and to be able to, a new job. My wife has a new job. We sold our house in Dallas. All of these great things have happened during this pandemic. And so I feel a tiny bit guilty talking about it, but it was so interesting because someone on the call said, oh my gosh, I love hearing that. I love hearing that great things have happened to you. And because, because you know, there are stories like mine happening all over. They're happening all over. And so I think that's the other thing too, is it's important that we find some good news. It is a, a challenging time, not just with the pandemic, but when you're talking about the, the racial unrest that is finally coming to light, that people are finally grappling with these hard questions, um, that we just need to make sure that we're giving each other some grace around what we're gonna get done and how we're gonna do it. And that is an important and interesting dichotomy that's that's kind of popped up too, is I think, yes, there has been immense tragedy, unrest, um, and, and terrible things happening. But at the same time, we're seeing more opportunities for change and to improve systems that are in place, um, to improve access to healthcare, to improve how we treat people and to have these important conversations. So it, it is interesting that you know, we can be happy to have these opportunities, but they came about because of a tragedy. So I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, when we emerge from this, we will definitely be a world changed. Um, and, and one of those big changes too, that I think we're seeing already is in, even in doing this podcast is the focus on, on mental health and, and, you know, the acceptance of this is something that a lot of people struggle with. Um, and tied in with that too, you know, COVID-19 is disproportionately affecting um, Black Americans, Latinx, um, Native Americans, and LGBTQ, and that's coming to light, and we're talking about that. So I think it's so important, and I know that you've done a lot of ED&I, um, equity, diversity, and inclusion work. Um, mm -hmm. What do you think are going to be some of the changes, or where are some of the 
points that we could focus on during this to improve when we come out for that EDI aspect? I tell you what, I think that one of the greatest things that have that has occurred during this pandemic is is this awareness around how the pandemic is affecting our black and brown brothers and sisters and that we have to be more mindful and more aware of it. Um, since this is a podcast, I'm white. I am, um, I, I am a, a, a white first-generation graduate. I was raised in generational poverty. I've, I'm, I'm married to a woman. We've been together for 25 years this summer. Um, so I, I, I can only, my, my own experience has, is, is the only one I have, but I have watched and I have seen how this has affected our, our, our families that are people of color that are struggling because they are being disproportionately affected by this pandemic and disproportionately affected by the unrest that is happening and the, and, and the constant bombardment from their white counterparts of saying, help me understand this, mm. help me understand this. While they're trying to deal with, you know, families that are sick, family members that are in the hospital, family members that have passed away, they're worried about their kids, they're worried about how they're, they're, they're worried about all the same things we are, but it's affecting them at higher rates because of the color of their skin. And I think that that's one of the things that as HR professionals, we have to be willing to talk about. We have to be, we have to be willing to address that. When we're sitting in a meeting with our administrative leadership, we have to be able to say, we have to talk about how this pandemic is affecting our, our people on our campuses, our faculty, staff, students, and our community at large of how it is affecting our, our, our people of color. And what should we be doing differently about that? And that's one of the conversations that my new president and I have had many times in the time that I have been here is what are we, what are we doing to help support that? And how, how do we ensure that, that we aren't putting too great a burden when we ask them to address a class or address the administrative team or the campus as a whole, that, that we have to step up as, as they're, as their white counterparts, we've got to step up and be the ones to help facilitate that dialogue and to be part of that conversation. And so I think you make such a great point when you talk about the fact that this, this is such an overlay. And, and again, it's that intersectionality of the pandemic, the social unrest, and the disproportionately affecting the people of color. And so I think that it's all of those, those wonderful things that as HR professionals, we have to think about and we have to be finding new and creative ways to deal with that. And I think the, the best way for us to, to deal with it and to think through it is be consciously aware of what's happening. Open your eyes, read, be open to all of those interesting challenges that are happening and don't expect someone to give you the answer. You got to be willing to actually go out and do some reading and some and do some of your own work to figure out what's happening. That's such an important point too. Um, just the fact that so much is is put on 
the shoulders of people of color in not only dealing with what we're all dealing with, but in the fact that they have, you know, their white coworkers and their white counterparts coming up to them and asking, hey, teach me or, or, or do this for me. And, and that's, you're absolutely right. It's not fair because they are already struggling with so much on top of even what, you know, we're struggling with. Like mm -hmm. the racial, the racial justice isn't affecting um, white people as mm -hmm. it is affecting black people. So, I mean, obviously exactly. that's going to create more pressure, more tension, more stress, uh, more mental health concerns for those people. So yeah, that's a wonderful point. Um, and I think that, that also it's, it's, we, we also need to think about what resources do we currently have? How do we ensure that those are being offered remotely? How do we, how do we encourage our employees to actually use those resources? Mm -hmm. All of us, I would say, um, well, I won't say all, there's always, there may be some outliers out there, but most of us have um, employee assistance programs one of the great things that we've been able to do is to expand how many times they can visit for free, expand the, the office hours and make sure everything is virtual or by phone. It's those little things like that, that where you just push that out and say, here's some things you can do. The other thing is make sure your employees are taking that mental health break during the day, whether it's to meditate, take a walk, whether it's just, you know, having an, a, you know, a, a carve out 15 to 20 minutes in the morning and in the afternoon a few times throughout the day where they are not online where they are doing something that isn't in front of the computer that could do so much for a mental health break so i'm going to go ahead and, and wrap us up here with one more question um and that is if you could give one piece of advice just just the one to all your coupa hr peers um, what would it be, personal or professional? Oh my gosh. Okay, <laughs> you have heard me talk to the top nonstop for 30 minutes and you're gonna tell me I could owe you one piece of it. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, I think that probably the best piece of advice I can give is is to pick up the phone. I we have such an amazing group of people that are part of Coupa HR that are these loving, supporting professionals that any one of us, anyone, any, any member of Coupa HR, when you reach out and say, I have a question, I'm, I'm worried about this, I don't know what to do about this, we are here to help. We are, we are gonna, we're gonna say, hey, I have been there and and, and I, here's what I did, here's what didn't work, here's what did. And so I think that the best piece of advice, and, and I know that, that I certainly got this advice early, early on, a hundred years ago when I first started in higher ed <laughs> HR, um, from Andy is don't be afraid to pick up the phone and reach out. And so that, that would be my best piece of advice is don't be afraid to pick up the phone, reach out, really, if you have a question, if you need something, we're all here to, to support each other. And that's the, that's the best thing that this organization offers. Well, Barbara, thank you again so much for being here virtually with us. Um, we appreciate your time. We appreciate your perspective. And we really enjoyed talking with you. So thank you again. 
thank you, Lakin. It was so much fun. I enjoyed it.